Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast. This is your home for shared stories of hope, perseverance, will, and inspiration. Join us today as we share another story that brings to life the underlying beat of our lives. Consider us your virtual friends. Let's get inspired. Welcome to the Will Within Podcast, and I'm your host, Regina Pontus. Today, I get to talk to a guy that wears so many hats, I couldn't keep up talking to him. He is a producer, a director, he's an interviewer, he's an evangelizing entrepreneur. He's got like five major projects going. One of them would be confusing to me, but he's done an amazing job with all the things he's working on. I'm going to introduce you to a gentleman by the name of Craig Syracusa. Enjoy. Hello, Craig. How are you? It's such a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you so much for this opportunity. No, I just love your stuff. And I said, I want to talk to this man because we're basically doing the same thing. And that's what we all need to do is to evangelize and to share our faith stories with each other. So tell me about your upbringing and your... I know you're from New York. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> and then we can also talk about the Walk and Faith shows, your Facebook little posts for inspiration. We can talk about your God's plan. You're doing a million one things. I don't know how you keep it all together. No, it's funny. My wife, you know, my son is five. He just started school. St. Ca- uh, St. Catherine's. I'm sorry. They're going to get mad at me. St. Leo's the great. <laughs> and, you know, they have a, a father's club and it says, what does your father do as a job? And my wife's like, what do I put? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, was like, I, I had to think about it depending on the day, but I mean, you're a catch twenty two kind of guy. You'll do anything. Yeah, I, well, I have to discern it. But my prayer the past couple of days has been just, you know, give me enough that I can handle because sometimes it just gets overwhelming. And if you're not specific on the prayer and you say, God, I want an abundance or God, I want opportunities, he's going to give them to you. Yes, but sir. then you got to say, well, God, you know, I, I didn't mean that exactly. I should have been specific on how right. many opportunities. <laughs> so it's been really overwhelming um, for me. But you know, I, I'm grateful. I'm able to juggle it all. And, and, and it's all because of the glory of God, God's love, God's mercy for me. And, and I'm always grateful. And I always give honor and worship to Christ. 
Yeah, well, you can hear it in your voice. You can hear the passion in your voice. So tell me uh, about your faith journey. Growing up as a kid, what kind of experiences you had faith-wise and, yeah. uh, you know, reversions, any of that kind of stuff, or college experiences, and then what you're doing now because you've got a lot of stuff to pack <laughs> into 30 minutes. Yeah, no. I, so I grew up in Brooklyn, in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, at St. Ignatius Parish Catholic Church. Uh, my parent, my mom, I should say, really, and my grandmother, you know, they had a rule, no church and no go outside. So we had to go to church, you know, with this Italian accent. So every Sunday we went to church and I always made this joke because I have asthma. And I, on Sunday, for some reason, I'd always have an asthma attack. And But then when church was finished, it was like a miracle. I was able to breathe again. So my mom caught on and, and I had to go to church like you had to go. And I'm grateful for that. And then as I grew up a little older, at maybe eight or nine, I know it's hard to believe, but at that age, I mean, you would probably attest to this we would start working and I started working in a church mm -hmm. at such a young age and I would clean the church and set up for mass and I loved it. And then as I got older, you know, like most kids, you sort of go in your own direction. I've always been in, in film and TV and acting. I was always in that world and I started to pursue that. And then over time, I sort of not, I didn't want to say I lost my faith, but why we didn't have a relationship with Christ. I made my sacraments. I went to church. I checked the box, but I didn't really know who Christ was. And I didn't know there was a difference between a relationship and, and say religion or going to church and a relationship. So it was later on. And, and I would say it has to be about 12 years ago. Maybe I, I went to Fatima and I was filming a documentary mm -hmm. on a bunch of kids who were going to meet the Pope. And it was about 3 million people at the time that showed up in this one area. And I had this awakening where I know it was the Holy spirit. And I felt this, just this, this rush of energy or calling or something within me. And I remember calling my mom and just apologizing and she didn't know why. And I just felt like something happened that day. And then when I went home, more things took place over that trip. And when I came home, I had to figure out what happened to me. I needed to know, like, what was this all about? And I started to pursue it, which led me to uh, sort of re writing an email to this Catholic TV station. They set up a meeting and offered me a job or an opportunity. And I, and I decided on a Friday to sort of give up what I was doing at the time I was at entertainment tonight. And I was working all the, I was in reality shows and making money and, you know, living the, the secular cool life. And I, I said, let me explore this a little bit more. So I went into it and I never looked back. And, and the way that God chased me down, you know, all those years, cause it's like, you know, hindsight, 2020, 20, mm -hmm. God's sight, 2020. Mm -hmm. It's when I looked back and I said, man, he was there the whole time. And he chased after me, never gave up. And now all I want to do is chase after him and then tell people how God saved me and changed me. And I had this awakening. And that when I realized that, you know, I needed to pursue a relationship, how everything just worked out all because of him. And now, according to what I wanted, according to what he wanted, I just want to share that with everyone, because I feel like a lot of people are just unfulfilled in life and chasing something that just doesn't exist. And, and I just want to share that with people because if you could do it for me and, and all the people I've interviewed, probably like you too, they have a very similar story. But when they came to Christ, or they had this awakening, how their life just changed and they're filled with joy, not just a feeling of happiness. It's like this joy. And I want to share it with as many people as possible. Yeah, the recurring thing I always find is the uh, personal relationship. Now, I know the church, the Catholic church that I happen to be in, I think you're Catholic as well. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't hear a lot of that uh, growing up. Um, that was more of like a Protestant kind of thing, but it's really important that we both understand the tradition of the church and also building the personal relationship with our, with our loving God. We lose that sight. We only, you know, press the boxes like uh, 
check out the box. Like you said, we're missing. We're not being fulfilled in what a Christ message is for us. For us Agree. All. You know? Agree. And also, when you were talking about the TV, um, is it the Net TV that you were talking about? Yeah, I, w- I was at Net TV for ten years. Exe- uh, executive, sorry, director of program production. I, I mean, you know, not for profit, so I, we did everything. We created thousands of hours of content, original programming. What was that like? What kind of programs? That was uh, interesting because um, I wasn't used to working in in a not for profit and a second. I'm sorry, in a not for profit with smaller budgets. So, like, I remember the first day of work going in there, and it was such an adjustment because, like I said, I was doing the upfronts on Friday, and then, you know, I was doing a reality show, and we did a lot of independent films, and it was just a different work ethic and just a different environment. Mm-hmm. When I went and in, I, was, I, had to, yeah, I had to take a step back and say, okay, you know, this is different. Like, I remember my wife would ask me, I was on Law & Order for a couple of years, and she said, you know, what time do you get off of work? And I'm like, I don't know. When it's done, like, we don't know. It's 14, 15, 16-hour days. That was the life which was a lot as, as a young man, a young adult, but working there was a little bit different. And, but I did, I liked it because I felt like I was always helping someone and I was making a difference. I wasn't just working for money and it was just more of a calling yeah. and, I, and I'm grateful. And then from there, I transitioned, still working in the Diocese of Brooklyn. I transitioned to executive director of a new not-for-profit, which we created, where now I run the Brooklyn Opera House, what we call the Opera House in oh. Williamsburg. So now I'm doing that in my show and probably six other things at the same time. And it, but it was a wonderful experience. And I don't think I would ever go back to working in the secular world. I don't say I will never because maybe God wants me to, but I don't mm-hmm. see myself ever transitioning back to working, you know, in, in Manhattan in the secular world. I just don't, I don't think I will ever do that again. I hope I, I don't. I like the fact that, that you guys, when you were working on that, you got a lot of, uh, not Emmys, you got a lot of awards. Oh yeah, the awards yeah. because of all the different types of documentaries and and other shows that you did. You and you got a CPA award, is that correct? Yeah, we we won Station of the it's Year, been, and I yeah. don't know what year it was. Wow. Um, we, I was nominated for four Emmys. I mean, we cool. won. Yeah, I think we won one or two. Uh, Lou, uh, Lou that works for me or worked with me, he won one. I mean, we won so many tellies and so many. I mean, so many awards. I, I used to bring them home. I think my wife would be like, oh, exciting. It's now they're all in the basement in a box. I'm like, <laughs> my son, the best award I got, my friend Lou bought me this plastic trophy for like a dollar that says like a Ring of Faith, a documentary I did, like best uh, film. And I treasure that $2 trophy because it was personalized. He made it for yep, me. Yep. And all the other ones are just put in the closet that, you know, I don't even really think about. I mean. So I'm glad you actually, you know, liked all the awards because like you said, your energy and everything, you I'm sure you totally deserved all that stuff with the telly work. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm grateful for the awards. I mean, it was nice. That's one thing. And it's tr- I really don't. I don't like. Well, it gives you well. actually, it gives you an understanding of the work that you're doing, and you're on the right path. Yeah, yeah. I always say like, there's no KPI in the Holy Spirit, right? So when That's we do it. things, you know, and some people are like, what do you mean by that? Because you know, and I and I tell you, when I used to do my videos, and I appreciate, like you said earlier, I would get so fixated on how many views, and I said, Craig. Yeah, you're not doing it for the right yeah. reason if you're worried about how many views and likes, because that's not the point. I mean, every passage, it was about one, right? God would sit down, Jesus would sit down with one person. It's about that one person we're trying to reach, mm-hmm. not 300,000, you know, clicks or likes. It's that one person, that one message that somebody says, I needed to hear this today, or a text message where I'm saying, okay, God, now I know why I'm doing this. It's not about, you know, I want to reach a lot of people, but there's no KPI on that. doesn't mean that it's going to translate to evangelizing a hundred people. If I do, you know, if I get a hundred likes, it's about that one that I'm looking for. 
Well, let's be honest. I mean, there's so many different venues out there now. Like, for instance, I was listening to some of your stuff this morning on CastBox, okay? And CastBox is like the only social media that I can see that will give you some data back to how many people are listening. And um, I, I found that that's where my podcast that a lot of people seem to be listening and I can see what the stats are, the data. But at the end of the day, I don't care. Exactly. It does not matter how many people are listening. Exactly. Because like you said, it's that one person. So tell me what you're doing right now with the God's, uh, God's Plan Productions. God's Plan. And- so what am I doing today? Let me see. We're pitching a film to a uh, network, a big network. Hoping that goes through. We just signed a contract. We'll see. I have another show that I, I just was offered to do in Florida. I was doing the contracts today. Well, hopefully that works out. I mean, you know how this business works out. I do a lot of videos for different organizations, Catholic organizations. I have retainers with other organizations. My full-time job is executive director for the Emmaus Center that I do with Monsignor Jamie Gigantiello mm-hmm. from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do that full-time. Uh, I went back to school for theology. I'm sure there was one other thing I do. And then I, I have my own company. And then Probably like two or three other things I do. Walk in Faith, which I do. I was reviewing Courageous last night at 10 o'clock at night, which, and then I'm reading books in the morning. And I mean, it's, it's really, it's stressful. But uh, like I said, I, I constantly pray that just give me enough, just enough strength to just push through it. And I, anytime I get overwhelmed, I'm like, it's okay. Like this, you do the contract and then you forget about it. And then we'll worry about it when, you know, it rolls around again. But you know, I've been I've been fortunate during COVID. I really planted a lot of seeds. I I used that time to reach out to people, and I was telling people this mm-hmm. is the time where you mm-hmm. plant because everyone was available to speak. I could have spoken. You could have spoke to anyone. If I wanted to get on the phone with the president, I could get on the phone with because everyone was right. home. And I was on the phone with heads of this company and that company, and everyone wanted to talk because nobody knew the next what was going to take place. So I developed all these relationships that I had and read sort of de- define them and develop them. And then once, and I kept doing the videos and doing the videos just because I needed to. And then once COVID or, you know, the new season, the transition, it all started to just blossom and everything started to come in. And I said, oh, God, this is back to my prayer intentions. I wasn't specific. Mm. God's like, you want the work? I'm going to get you where you want to go. And now, (laughs) yeah, I've learned now, too. I tell my wife, I have to push a lot of the work off to people that work with me or hire more people because it gets to be too much, too demanding with the phone and it's a lot, but listen, I, I'm, I'm, there's no agenda. It's all for Christ. So, you know, I mean, we all say, right, I'm going to carry the cross. I can't say, well, it's too heavy now. So I'm going to put it down. If right. I'm willing to carry the cross, I got to carry it all the way. Right. Now, let me ask you a question. You at first were talking about being in front of the camera. Do you like behind the camera much more? Um, I like being in front of the camera for walk in faith and anything inspirational faith-based because I just know that's sort of like my background. I start as an actor, and but I do like producing and putting together projects. But I like that because it's a challenge. Um, but I, I would say it's probably a mixture. You know, being in front of camera, it, it takes a lot of work, a lot more work. The reading, the questions, the, you know, it, it's a lot. The developing or putting projects together it's, for me is a little bit easier because I'm hiring a lot of people. But on camera, it's just you. You know, and there's, there's, you can't run from it. So, and if you didn't do your homework, mm-hmm. people are going to notice. And, and I am very yeah. diligent in doing my homework. And, and that's why I try not to do so many episodes at once because, you know, it could be a lot. It could be overwhelming sometimes. I actually just did an interview recently with a gentleman by the name of uh, Cyrus Narasti. He's a director and a writer and producer out in Hollywood. 
And the more I'm listening to your energy, I'm thinking, wow, you two would be really connected. <laughs> because he actually did the, uh, is it a, a Reagan, shooting of Reagan? He also did something about 9-11. Uh, the and new Reagan he, film? No, it was, it was a few years ago, the one. Okay. Was, and he did the stoning of Sarai M, about a stoning of a woman in Iran. And he also did uh, The Young Messiah. And oh, wow. Okay. He worked, he worked with Jim Caviezel. Okay. And I, I know, know you guys have a yep. connection there. So I said yep. to myself, oh, my God. The two energies from both of you guys seem great. I think you'd make a great connection. Yeah, that would be great. We're actually, you should uh, interview again, him. I would love to. We're trying. We just sent a message to Jim the other day about something we're working on. I'm hoping that he um, he agrees. Um, and hopefully this works out. But we literally just spoke to him. I think it was last Saturday about something we're working on. So, like I said, there's just so many things at once. But that's why when somebody asks me, and you know, when I'm we're standing outside with my son getting out of school, I always get uncomfortable when someone says, "So, what do you do for a living?" And I'm like, <laughs> I have like different messages. I'm like, should I say this? I? Mm -hmm. And then if I say, "Well, I own God's Plan Productions," they go and mm -hmm. I say it quick. They go, "What's that?" If I say I'm on Facebook, if I say I have a TV show, like you don't know what to say. So right. sometimes they say, I just work for the church, and then they're like. What do you mean? Like, you never know what to say. So it's, it's very hard. You know, sometimes like, I don't know. Every day it's something yeah. new. It's, you know. What do you think about the pure, pure flicks and stuff like in those kind of venues, the streaming kind of venues, as opposed to what was done before with the uh, Christian themed movies? I like pure flicks. I mean, I know, I know David fairly well. Interviewed him, spent well, some time. Well, I'd like with to interview him. him. Let me connect you. Yeah, well, well, pure flicks now is owned by Sony. So Sony oh, Affirm, yeah, they were sold, I think, about seven months ago. So Sony Affirm owns Pureflix now. So it's a little bit different. The, the content will be a little bit different. But I mean, I, I mean, I have friends that own multiple streaming platforms. I like streaming platforms. I mean, I think, I think for some of them, I think they missed the, they missed sort of the boat. I think at this point, regardless on, on what platform you create, unless you're a Disney or a, a major sort of company, I think it's very hard to get people to subscribe to your station. I mean, I know from running a, a Catholic TV station how hard it is to get content, original content, compete with other providers, and then to charge a fee is very hard. So what happens is if you stick very true to your beliefs, let's say Catholic, right? We stick true conservative Catholic values. Now I'm limited to my audience and limited to the content. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you start to dabble over here and then you say, well, it doesn't have to be as conservative. I'm yeah. going to be a little bit more progressive yeah. sooner or later. You're airing everything and anything, and then you lost the audience. Yeah. So you, you, it's very hard to be so specific on what you want. And I think that's why a lot of these platforms won't succeed. I, I just, you know, I, like I said, I know multiple people. Do you that see own them. Movie, movie theaters coming back? Or, I mean, with everything Movie theaters, I mean, I hope. I mean, a lot of the films that we were, you know, screening and, and, you know, doing the premieres and, you know, owning, not owning, but running this new opera house, we're expecting a lot of films to come in. I just got a call today for another film that wants to come in with a live orchestra, but they only only can have like 150 people. Yeah. So it's really hard for them to cover their overhead. But, right. you know, I just spoke to a producer an hour ago from Reagan. You know, they're trying to get that out. I mean, so there's a lot of films, but there's not a lot that I think are going to be released as quickly as we thought. I think it, I thought it was going to bounce back quickly or quicker, I should say, and it hasn't. And I hope things come back, but it's definitely a slow process in New York, especially with the the vaccine, the vaccine um, passport, and yeah. and the regulations that were we still have. So I hope so. How do you think? Um, now that you were talking about streaming and movie theaters, what do you think about the chosen and how they started with that Kickstarter program? Do you think you see yeah. a lot of people doing that? 
as well? Um, I mean, I know the guys from the Chosen. them. Yeah, I, I know the one that started that whole, you know, VidAngel. I know them. Do I, I think, yeah, I, I think the hardest part is really obviously getting the money for films. I mean, I get scripts all the time. People have these wonderful ideas and they need X amount of dollars. And it's hard. Do I think Kickstarter, I think it could work. I mean, it, it has worked in the past. I know people that have tried and it hasn't worked. But, you know, they also, he created other projects, other films. They created a model. Uh, and I think The Chosen is really a fantastic show. Do I think other films can follow that? Yeah, I do. I do, I do think so. I think there is an audience for it. I, I think that was a really good idea and a good way of getting the content out. I do. So where do you see yourself in five years? What's the goal for you in five years? Well, I, I, you know, from, it's different. So for Walk in Faith, I always wanted to, you know, I want to interview the biggest stars, the biggest names, the biggest people, and about, obviously, the journey of faith. How you know, do you get all these big people, by the way? It's been, I mean, it really, they, it's just publicists will call me, you know, and people will call me. And I know a lot of them personally because I worked in the secular world, build relationships. Okay, yeah. So I've always had my hand in that. And then, you know, I've never asked for anything from anyone. And I do a lot of content and I know a lot of people and you build that connection and it just happens organically because there's no agenda. It's not like I don't look at, say, Mark Wahlberg. I got to interview him because that's going to make me this. It's it's not about that. It's about I look for people that have stories and sure, do research, yeah, right. and, and you know they usually come to me. And so I have my my secular interviews. I have my you know religious or faith based interviews. So I want to pursue that more. I want to become. I used to make the joke like the Catholic Barbara Walters, <laughs> like a celebrity wants to talk about their journey of faith or inspiration. Mm-hmm. They think of me. Um, that's what I would like to work towards. Um, and then the the Opera House, which is the, the new facility. I want that to be the, the prime space to where the biggest stars, the biggest names want to play there, which we are getting a lot of interest. I mean, I've been on the phone every day from different films and concerts and artists that want to play there. We have a big artist that I'm booking tomorrow that's going to be playing there. At where the is it located? This is in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Is there any so, way you could stream some of this stuff? It's hard because I mean, it, I can, but I, I, the agreement that I have with the artist is that I, I have to pay extra for it. There oh. is a network that's interested in doing pay-per-view specials, but we just opened the building. I have to learn the ropes. We're doing an event next Friday, a Salsa night. I'm, I'm trying to learn the building before I push forward, but we do have interest from networks that would stream some of the concerts and events. But that's like, I would say in a couple of months, I wouldn't do that now because there's too much to juggle. So you know what it reminded me one. of? You know what it reminded me of? Not to interrupt you. Remember oh, no. before COVID, it was the Met. The Met was doing it in theaters. Mm-hmm. So you could actually go to a theater and see a Met show live at the theater. Exactly. We, I was thinking of doing it on the sites. So the sites that carry my show would carry the events. And my live, I would do live interviews for Walk in Faith, which we're going to keep streaming. And then the concerts we will also do. It just depends on the contract with the performer. Most of them have in bold, like, you're not allowed yeah. to stream this, yeah. you know, so that would be extra fees and see if it's worth it. I mean, I have a lot of ideas on things I want to do and, I'm just trying to, you know, narrow it down to five. But I mean, I'm I'm really putting a lot out there. And, and this year and as my son's in school and life sort of gets back to whatever the normal is, I plan on really pushing hard, you know, really hard for Christ. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, have, I have. Yeah, I am really going after it. Yeah, you're walking in your face and you can tell you're that's the story. That's the show. How do they get in, what streaming services or, or what uh YouTube channels. So who's carrying the walk and walk and faith that people can see that? There's, oh, excuse me. There's a there's a station in Florida that just picked it up. 
in Florida and Georgia. EWTN runs some of the shows. Oh, uh, great. Do you know when? No, I don't know what time. What time. I, I have no idea. I, I, Net TV does um, uh, Overcomers TV. There's another Christian platform. There's probably about 10 or 12 ways that you can watch the show. Boston runs it. Okay, tell me which one. I want to know. Everywhere. You know what's funny? I'm not even, I don't even know. When people, I, told, I don't even know who runs the show. Besides Net TV, some EWTN, uh, Overcomers TV, this new station in Florida. I should put it on my website, to be honest with you. You should but also it's all over. Podcast. You should also talk to Shalom World. Shalom used to carry my show. We used to do deals with them all the time. It's it's hard, you know. It's 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 a lot. I mean, as we go into this new world, I'm gonna have somebody that handles that like they used to do it for me because it's mm-hmm. too much. I can't right. I can't juggle it so all. Yep. Yeah, and then the YouTube and the podcast and all the the iTunes. There's so many ways that you could watch the show, listen to me rant about coming to Christ. There's really no shortage of Craig Syracuse out there. I <laughs> yeah, I Google myself funny. sometimes to see, and and whenever I see myself sort of ripped and the episodes are on some like, you know, Ukrainian website. I'm like, man, I made it. I finally made it. When somebody bootlegs my stuff, I'm like, man, I really made it now. So, You're you, a crack up. <laughs> you could find my stuff anywhere. So tell me, as we get ready to leave, tell me what your contact information is, how people can find you and, and the things that you work on. Where do you like them to go? Do you have the one specific website that you send everybody yeah, to, yeah. to connect? God's Plan Productions is my company, right? Which is in New Jersey, Homedale, New Jersey, where we mm-hmm. close to where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, the company that we just opened is the Emmaus Center, which is in Brooklyn. You can see the website's EmmausCenterBrooklyn.org. Uh, and then if you look up Craig Syracuse, my name, anywhere on any social media from TikTok on, you'll see my page. It's my name, Craig Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And I'm always talking about Christ and YouTube at God's Plan Production. But it's very easy to find me if you just put it in the old Google machine. You'll see a project, a documentary, a film, a TV show, something that I've done in the past few months. And I love when people watch my daily devotionals, my minute motivations. And the reason I speak fast is because you got a one minute. You have to say what you have to say in a minute. Otherwise, nobody watches. It's got to be quick. Good for you. So, uh, Good for you. What we, I, the one question I ask everybody at the end is, what's your mantra? My mantra? Well, I always say uh, we all have the ability to inspire and evangelize through words and actions. Slow down. So I get, I'm what sorry? Slow down. What I, 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 I got to say, <laughs> we all have the ability to, like, I don't think I could say it slow. We all have the ability to evangelize and inspire through our words and actions. So pretty much, yeah. you know, That's yeah, it. I guess it's hard to that say nails slow. It. But, that nails it. Well, yeah. you've been a delight. Thanks so much. A little bit different from some other people I've interviewed. Thanks be to God. Thanks so much for everything. Oh, I really appreciate pleasure. it. God bless my you pleasure. and all you think, all the things you're working on. God bless you too. I appreciate right, it. Thank care. you. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. He is an amazing person to talk to. What energy. He's just a phenomenal guy. I hope you take advantage of listening to the Walk in Faith shows or, or deal with the other invitations to um, Minute Devotionals, etc. So if you're in the New York area, you also want to Check out the Emmaus Center in Brooklyn, the Opera House in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Again, IMDB them, as they say. And you can also see the other events and projects he worked on. Without any further ado, I'm going to leave you until next time when we talk to a woman by the name of Natasha Miller, the author of Ruthless. What 
uh, story she has. She went from being a girl who was uh, evicted from her house for her own safety to making herself one of the top 1.5% podcasters in the world. After that, we're going to talk to her about also her evolution into the business that she created. Thanks again, Well Within Family. I hope you enjoyed this. And until next time, the Well Within Family, be blessed.